Hello, stackers. You're all familiar with our intro stuff. Dice Envy has great dice. Check them out, diceenvy.com. If you use the link in our show notes, you'll be able to buy dice just like normal, but we'll get a small part of what you pay, and that helps to support the show. We roll that money right into our show. Uh-huh. <laughs> See what you roll. did there. Also, BattleBards, BattleBards.com. Check them out for great sound effects. Some of the sound effects we use in this show come from BattleBards.com. If you sign up for one of their Prime subscriptions using our code STACK, you'll get streaming access to sounds, tools that you can use, and a 20% discount on that Prime subscription using, again, our code STACK. Check them out, BattleBards.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at stackodice. Email is stack.o.dice at gmail.com. And our wiki is vardalon.fandom.com. Before we get to our question, I have an email that I want to share. I hid this from everyone, but we heard from a friend named Robert. And he told us, hey, everyone, I just wanted to show some appreciation for the amazing work you guys and lady have been doing. I love the storyline you provided and all the work you put into it. The background and historical periods from our world that you use is very reminiscent of how Louis L'Amour wrote his books. And as a side note, he said, read The Walking Drum if you haven't already. I haven't, but I will be looking for it now. He said he finished that email with, thank you for all the hours of entertainment while I'm driving on my delivery routes. And we know we have a friend who's a postal worker, so we know delivery is a tough job to be in. Uh, You're out there all the time. So we're just glad that our show gives you a little bit of entertainment while you're out doing that work. I responded and he wrote back and said he will keep on listening as long as we're putting out a podcast. He'll wait patiently until the next episode drops. So thank you, Robert, for listening to our show, for giving us your attention. And we're really happy that you're enjoying the story. Uh, He is a fellow dungeon master and he likes the backstory and the world building that we've been doing. So we'll do some more of those episodes, work some of that stuff in because it really is enjoyable to do the back stuff also. So the question this week I got from a friend on Twitter, John Grahar. He asked his players recently, what have you learned from your character? So Meredith playing Tira, what have you picked up from Tira, Michael from Womberbash, Thane from Peter? Oh, dear. Hmm. I'll give you a moment. Yeah. Um. Michael, what you got? I think I've learned to um, maybe approach situations in life with a little bit more innocence as opposed to being a little bit like cynical. I mean, as I get older, I probably am becoming more and more cynical because of my experiences in life, which I don't want. I'd rather approach it maybe like I was when I was a little younger. Mm-hmm. So may- maybe maybe just looking for the good or or being a little bit more innocent in the situation. Yeah. Not being a dummy, but at the same time just being a little bit more optimistic. Maybe that's the, probably the best best thing I've learned from Womberbash. Yeah. Next. <laughs> well, how are we going to top that? Um, I've learned the secret Michael- to true happiness through Peter. <laughs> Die and come back to life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It works. It provides an lo- awful lot of clarity. Um, maybe a lesson I haven't necessarily actually learned, but would like to learn from Tira is, uh, to just be a little bit braver. Um, not necessarily in like physical fighting or anything like that. I was going to be like, yes. No. (laughs) But, um. Carry an axe everywhere I go. Yes. Yes, Carry an axe. Yes. There is no law in this state that says you cannot. 
Sweet. It just has to be bar- big enough that you can't conceal it. So you can definitely walk around with the well, axe. Dude, I'm going to get me a fancy axe <laughs> like uh, like tears and just strap it on my back. Well, I'll tell you before you finish your... Well, why don't you finish your answer first and then oh, I'll... Um, I just, you know, Tira is very dedicated to defending the group. And um, and so, so there is a little bit of mama bear in her. And... I guess there is a little bit in me too. I mean, I don't like people to mess with my kids or my hubby. So yeah, that was what I was going to mention: is the constancy of Tira to her friends. I've really found refreshing. And I'm not saying that you don't have that yourself. It's just been a fun aspect of your character that I've really enjoyed. That leaves you, Thane. What have you learned from Peter? I believe I have learned a modicum of confidence in myself. Maybe. As this answer demonstrates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know, maybe um, not. <laughs> it, 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 maybe. Uh, yeah, I do think I am a little more sure of myself. Good. Yeah, I think it's good to talk about these kinds of things because it shows as your character grows, so do you. The experiences that you're gaining through playing also help to shape you as a person. It's a difficult question, too, because I think Womber, and all of our characters are pieces of us already. Yes. So, I mean, no, I don't just urinate all the time, but my point well. on myself. But, but, but I mean, I, you know, depends is a good friend of mine. You know, there are aspects of our characters that are, that are really us. We're mm-hmm. just, you know, playing it maybe slightly differently. So, and sometimes, you know, just saying it and thinking about it and mm-hmm. talking about it helps to bring out different aspects of you. So, yeah, it's definitely, I think that's a great point. Um, I think it's also good to a good question because I think there is a bit of a stereotype that uh, that people who play Dungeons and Dragons are doing it to escape their actual lives, and that you just kind of bury yourself in this make believe world, so you don't have to actually deal with real life. But um, if you take the time to think about what aspects of your character you are actually implementing in your own real life or thinking of thinking of playing this game as a way to sort of encourage you to be more like that in your real life instead of only being that way at the table. I will say that to play this game you have to step out of a comfort zone. I remember sure. I remember taking drama class for instance in yeah. high school. And one of the first things a drama class teacher has you do is just be absolutely silly and ridiculous in front of one another because at first everyone wants to be cool and seem like, you know, they they they're not silly, but once you get past that, that's when the real acting begins. And in this particular case, especially when I first started playing d I had to get past some um, preconceived ideas that I had about it because I had heard about it and thought, oh my goodness, blah, blah, blah. I'm, a, I'm an adult male, blah, blah, blah. But no, once you get past that, then you really start to enjoy the game and it really, really is fun. So I, I would agree. Well, at the risk of extending this intro part of our episode. <laughs> <laughs> to, to an hour, the yeah. episode itself. Yeah, so uh, we'll get in one conversation in the game and then we'll call it quits. Yeah. <laughs> I am curious, based on what you just said, what did prompt you to want to play D&D, knowing that you had a hang-up about it somewhat? Was it just me insisting? No, no, no. You, you didn't insist. You asked about it, and I'm like, I'll try. I, I always, I'll try anything, including food, at least once. Um, I'm, I'm not afraid to try stuff, so I, I'll do it just to see, and, and, I, and it, wound up, it wound up being really cool and nice. And, and I regretted not playing it 
at, 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 you know, like in high school or junior high or something. Like, yeah. not even I, n- n- nobody I knew did play it, but but had they played it, I probably would have gotten into it and probably would have been into it by that time. You would have been such a cooler person by now if you had done that. Well, <laughs> I was in the opposite boat. Actually, I learned about D and D probably in sixth grade. No, actually earlier than that. I think it was third grade. But then in sixth grade, I was talking to somebody and he said, yeah, there's a game that's like that. And I was just blown away. And then I was a person with all this knowledge that there was a game like this out there, but I couldn't find anybody who wanted to play it then. And this was while we lived in Germany. And so I couldn't just hop on my bike and go next door to my friend's house because all most of my friends lived elsewhere like on the military installation, we lived off. And so it was, um, it was difficult for me to find anybody who was willing to meet to do this. And so it really wasn't until high school that I found a group locally. And your brother didn't play or anything? or We didn't know how. Oh, I see. I, I kind of knew it was there. And I've, I just never, I didn't have any books. I just kind of knew it was out there. Great. Well, this has been kind of a fun rambling discussion. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've been here for... Almost an hour and something at this point. Yeah. So let's see if you can learn anything else from your characters in this episode. Follow a band of intrepid friends as they seek to understand the world changing around them and as they work together to face a growing evil. Enter a world of adventure and mystery in Bardalon. Hey stackers, welcome back to our ongoing D&D adventure. I'm Rhett the DM and I'm joined by Meredith as Tira Ironstag. Michael as Womberbash Bosenbaum. Sorry. <laughs> you really long since got over those hang-ups about being silly, haven't you? <laughs> I don't have any problem in drama class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Michael as Womberbash Bensonbaum. It is Peter Greyhawk. What? All her is Peter Greyhawk. <laughs> yep. Mama bit, mama Minus mama one bit. level to Thane. <laughs> yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> in our last episode, the party found itself surrounded by horse soldiers in the fog, and there was some tense discussion between everyone and the soldiers when suddenly the airship came descending through the fog, and Asimiris hopped out, and everyone began to realize that it wasn't a dangerous thing, and so the party was escorted back to the home of the Witani, or at least a tribe of the Witani, to a city called Stedingas, which is not so much of a city as a camp. And it's a camp because people are being brought together for safety purposes in the middle of a swamp on a big open patch of ground where a lady called the Marchioness has been gathering her people to protect them from uh, invasions by the Reavers' armies. While there, the party discovered that uh, the Witani are actually several people spread out across the great open plains of western Moriga, and there has been division between the people. And in fact, when the Marchioness was describing the situation, there's a tribe led by a ruler called Dunsi in the Sea of Grass to the north and west, and the party decided to go in that direction first to go visit this city and try and talk sense into them 
about rejoining the Witani so that there can be a united front against the Reavers' armies. While all this talk was going on, the party was sitting at a table full of food, and so Womberbash is about as happy as he's been for a long time. Who's ready to tell a story? Me! I am. So there you are at the table. Uh, if you want to do any discussing about maybe things that you want to take on or do or how you want to prepare. And Michael, you have something? Yeah, and this you can you can take this out. Okay, so I've been doing it wrong again. So every time I used like brute strike or something, any, any of the brute force things, it says at the very top, while focused on this discipline, you have advantage on strength checks. On strength checks. Like if, I, like if you were trying to climb something. Uh, I, sh- I, I could use two and I have advantage, right? Yeah, for the climb check. For the climb check. So I haven't been doing that. And then on bestial form, if on any of these, I have uh, advantage on wisdom or animal checks. I have a feeling we may not be playing the mystic exactly right. No, man. But that's okay. I haven't really had you do many checks either. Yeah, he's no, not yeah, there immortal. Been too many, but still, I mean, any, any, any. <laughs> I, I to, what, did, what did you just say? He's, he's not even immortal. Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm just like a little bit more difficult to hurt. Um, but yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, All right, I'm sorry. Almost as difficult to hurt as I am. <laughs> no, you're way more difficult to hurt than me. You could stab her through the greatsword and she'd be she like... She takes half damage. She's got a million points. Oh yeah, you could stab her through the greatsword and she'd say, it's just a flesh wound. She could roll a two a and still wound. hit somebody because she's got plus 35 on strike backs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so any discussion? Anything you want to do to plan? This is evening. We're, it's evening meal now. Yeah, let's say it's... So we're thinking of like heading out tomorrow, basically. It's late afternoon, uh, maybe three or four. All right. And, how, and who's... Near the Marchioness. Are we all right around her? Yeah, the four of you are seated. Well, I'm sorry. The five of you and the Marchioness are at the table. So there's Radiance and Asimeris and the three of you plus the Marchioness. Did we already establish in the last game how far away it is? Uh, Yes. She said it was about two or three days ride. Okay. All right. And and just to, and we we were we, oh yeah that's right we volunteered to help bring them together. Yeah, because she was already talking about like it was impossible. Like oh well we're just separated. I'm like well forget that nonsense. We need to get you guys together. Okay. We're getting the band back together, guys. <laughs> yeah. Phoenix and Ferb episode. All right. Um, hey Tara, how, how long are we gonna stay here though? Like I I thought we needed to go someplace. Well, we do, but this is all about fighting the Reavers' army, and they're not certainly not going to be able to do that with these little tiny camps that are almost, it sounds like they're almost fighting amongst themselves even, like that they wouldn't even come to the aid of their own brethren when they were called. We've got to fix that situation first, but if they're going to have any chance when these armies come by. Right, but, but what, what can we do? It's night time we begin helping the people uh, pull themselves together, because if we're going to lead some any kind of orchestrated attempt of resistance, I mean, as important as it is for us to be finding these pillars and doing whatever we need to do at them, there's, there's, there are armies that we also have to take into account. And so we, we need to start organizing these kind of resistance efforts in order to push back the Reaver's forces. Excuse me, Tira. Sorry, I'm, I'm talking not, here. Not. You can talk when it's your turn. <laughs> you don't have the conch. <laughs> I have the talking stick. All right, go finish your sentence. Well, I was done. That was one long sentence. What are we going to say that they haven't already talked about? Like, well, how are we going to convince them? Well, that I don't know exactly, but I mean... We'll make it up as we go along. Isn't that what we've been doing this whole time? Maybe. I mean, I say I mean way too much. 
I mean, so do I. It's a dwarven phrase. It's it's just, I mean, that's canon. That's canon now. Um, you gonna eat that bread, by the way? What this one you caught as it was rolling off the table? No, have it. Oh wait, so that means he just like took a bite and just put it down. Hush, you man. We've pretty much been making it up as we go along this entire time. Maybe it'll do them good to hear from somebody other than the people that they're already mad at. They don't know us at all. Hey, we're foreigners and we have absolutely no part in this fight. Stop you it. should get back together with your people. I'm just trying to be realistic. So when is this meeting going to happen, do you think? Like, are we staying the night? I think we should stay the night. In the last episode, Peter was saying that he was pretty well worn out. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> That's what I said. He's been mostly dead all day. Exactly. I think we should stay the night. Maybe we can see what we can learn about these other, what was the name of the other tribe? They're all Witani. Oh, they're all Witani. Okay. See what we can find out about these other, other camps of Witani. We're about to have a long rest, right? Maybe we should try and find out all we can about this, the other leader. What was his name again? Dunsig. 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 So we need to find out what we can about him. I guess from the Marchioness. Get a good rest because... Peter has had a terrible day, and so have all of us. I'm swaying in my seat mm-hmm. right now. We should also find out about this army and how big it is. Like, some more details. I don't know how much it matters how big the army is. We know whose it is. Whether it's a huge army or a small army, I think we're in as much trouble. And we need to, we need to band everyone together. Besides, with, with these kind of small tribal armies... I'm not sure how much we should focus on the size of the army they're coming up against. It might just hearten them more than it would rally them. This is a struggle of absolute good against absolute evil. Yeah, numbers are not the important issue here. There is no economic interest, no political interest. There is no any other kind of interest other than the interest of the good of all races on this earth. I don't know anything uh, half of what you just said. <laughs> I was just practicing <laughs> on you. That's, speech, that's, yeah. that's, what, that's what I'm going to pitch to Dunsey. How do you like it? <laughs> Something like that, Peter. Okay. Um, you'll feel better in the morning, Bash. You get, you finish your dinner and we'll get some sleep. Are you going to eat that meat? I was, but you can have half of it. I don't want that. No, give it. Bash. You do not mess with a dog. Yeah, Bash. dude. When there's food in front Retract of Retract that hand, Give man. it. <laughs> is Peter sitting right next to the Marchioness? I'm just kind of pretending he is. Yeah. <laughs> Peter, you're, you're, sit- you're nearest her. Ask her about the, their other leader. Ask her for some digits. <laughs> Even though you guys are well within earshot, I turn and I say, I don't want to be shouting across the table. This is like a dignified thing here. Like Sitting at it like a bench thing. So, Dunsey. She, 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 she's, so like, she's, like, she's like, that is not my name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said, so, Dunsey, thoughts? The Marchioness looks a little amused. <laughs> oh also a little annoyed. <laughs> yeah. There are two rulers of the Witani aside from me. Dunsey has a keep to the north and west. They are more proud than they have a right to be, I think. And I am afraid their pride has caused a greater rift between us over the years. Unfortunately, I have responded in kind and have not made the situation easier. And so 
my attempts now to try and heal the breach have been met with disdain. Mm. I fear this is going to be a difficult task for you to undertake. What about the other leader? Erdwulf lives in the hollow to the northeast. We parted ways as a people more than a hundred years ago. This is not something that has been easy for us, and they have changed drastically in that time. In what ways? It would be difficult to look at them and know they are Witani. They keep to themselves. The hollow is well defended. It is a troubling place. It was used in the past for dark rites. <laughs> Mom, your face. But if we were to be united once again, we would have a very strong force to press against the Reaver's armies, and at the very least, keep them out of our lands. But I know what evil these armies bring, and I know that just to push them out of our lands is not enough. If we only focus on that, they will go elsewhere. My hope, not only for my people, but for the other people that live around us, is that we will find a way to crush these armies, send them back from whence they came, and make this world free and light once again. If we can bring our people together, I think that is the best possible way to victory. Well, that's what we're going to try to do. I don't know about you, Tara, but it sounds like we should probably go by ourselves, because I think if any anyone from this tribe comes with us, it's going to it's going to cause them to automatically dismiss us. They're going to put their backs up immediately. Yeah. yeah, that's good thinking. You are right. But the ways are long and open. And I have one who I would send with you, at least until you get to the boundaries. You're right, Marchioness. That's probably wise to have someone to get us there. But I think that once we are within sight of the approach, we should go alone. I'm glad to hear that. Who is this person that uh, you plan on sending with us? With a gesture of her hand, uh, she says a name, Weedfara. The guard next to her bows a little bit and then leaves the room, down the length of the hall and out the main doors. And after a couple of minutes, the sunlight flooding in through the door is blotted out briefly as a huge man. He almost has to duck to get through the doorway comes through and he stands up and from across the hallway, again, this is about a 200 foot long hall. You can see a broad grin and white teeth showing through a thick beard. He's got massive shoulders and he just walks with his really rolling gait down the hall. And it's, it's obvious that he really doesn't care about anything. I mean, he's, he's just, nothing's going to phase him. And in fact, along the way, he's clapping the guard on the shoulder and almost knocking the guy over. And you can hear his deep, rich voice rolling through the hall. Are we going to be able to understand him and speak with him? <laughs> Good day, chaps. How are you all today? <laughs> <laughs> and these are the ones that you have told me about. I am Weedfara. Welcome to Steading Us. Hello. How, what is it? Weedfara? Weedfara. Fara. Weedfara. W-I-D-F-A-R-A. We gotta come up with a nickname for, me, for this. His name's gonna be Hey. <laughs> hey, that's fine. We gotta come up with a nickname for this guy. Hey. 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 He clumps up to the table, puts his hands down, and the table kind of sags in the middle. He must be 
250, 270 pounds. He's, he's a big guy. And he looks over at you, Tira. Greetings, my lady. Hi. What is your name? I'm Tira Ironstag. Tira, nice to meet you. You, sir? I'm Peter Greyhawk. Yes, <clears throat> I'm Peter Greyhawk. Very nice to meet you, Peter. And you, sir? I'm one of our reference from him. <laughs> a man after my own heart. And he reaches down and grabs another piece of meat and he starts cramming it into his mouth also. <laughs> oh, so I hear you. Excuse me. Oh. <laughs> I need a banana. <laughs> I hear we're going on a trip. Hey, where are we going first? We're going to Dunsey first, right? Yes. We're going over to the grasslands. Or the Sea something. of Grass. The Sea of Grass. We need you to take us over to the 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 Watani camp in the Sea of Grass to see Dunseeg. That seems to pull him up a little bit. He stands up and kind of rocks back on his feet, crosses his arms over his chest, gives a little sigh. <sighs> Dunseeg. That will be a fun trip. We'll make the best of it. I have a question. Would it make sense for us to split up uh, two and two, at least from our party, and one go to Dunsey and the other one go to um, the Hollow? Hmm. Split the party. Yeah, let's do it. That's always worked out really well. Like Thane can go with his girl, and I can go with my mom. Oh, I forgot Radiance <laughs> I is here. <laughs> I forgot we have Radiance here. I don't know. I don't like the sound of that Hollow. I'm not sure if we should be separated for that. And Radiance has already indicated through some aside comments. That she's going to drop off? That she's actually going to stay to help take care of the people here. There's illness and other things, injuries that she would be well Then I'll go to well by myself. <laughs> uh, no, you won't, Bash. <laughs> I'll go. I'll go. I am coming with you. All right. So we stay together. It's, that, that's a great idea. If you want to split up, you can. It would certainly allow you to cover more ground in a shorter amount of time. But it would also mean that we're going to have to split our episodes and handle them differently. If that's the case, I want to be Legolas and Gimli and <laughs> the thing. And y'all, y'all can be uh, Sam and, and uh, Homeboy. They're taking the Hobbits to Isengard. <laughs> that would be an interesting approach. I'm just not well, sure. I, I, I don't know how we would split it up. If, if, if Homegirl's going to stay here... Uh, then it, it would be different because she's pretty powerful. She could hold her own. She's also, as far as maybe charisma, she probably has the best handle on charisma than any one of us here. <clears throat> and so, you know, she should be a pretty good negotiator, I would think. And Asimaris is also planning on staying. He wants to work on his ship, mm -hmm. which is still perched out over the lands to the east. Yeah. It would cause us. It would cause them to have to have two guides, though one to each place. Correct. Which right, and then we would never deal. know what happened to the to each other until we got back. Yeah, you just if we you got know, back, you just give me a call when you're done or something. Yeah, text me. No, I think we need to stay together, Bash. It's a good idea as far as trying to get this accomplished as quickly as possible. But I just don't feel comfortable with the, either one of you away from me. Okay, uh, so things seem to be winding down, and the Marchioness excuses herself. You are guided to a place where you can rest for the night. It's in the hall. They have little, almost like alcoves along the walls, where people can come and stay if they don't have a place out in the camp. 
Uh, so they're kind of like little cozy sleeping alcoves. Your horses, again, are led off somewhere and, and being taken care of. Yeah. Oiled. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Worshipped. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever on earth they're going to do. Yeah. Is this where we're, where will we be sleeping? Where will we stay? Here in the hall. Oh. All right. Does it matter which one we take? You have your choice. We have a strict assigned beds. <laughs> yeah, right. Policy. All right, well, I think we're just going to... I mean, it, you said daylight was streaming in when that guy came in, so it's not nighttime yet. No, it was about three or four in the afternoon. Oh. The daily routine of the Witani here is activities and things throughout the day, people doing people things. But then in the evenings, when the torches are lit outside the hall, the tables are pushed in to the middle, and then there's feasting that goes on in the hall. Uh, so you would not have really a, a quiet place to sleep until after the feasting is over. Hmm. I uh, grab five of these roots off of the table for me to eat later. Uh, they're brown on the outside, but when they open up, they're like orange on the inside, and they're very, very sweet. Hmm. I believe they called it a yum. They're really, really good. Great. So can I add that to my... Add yeah. that to your inventory. Yay, five yams. Yams. All right, so let's roll through this. The evening comes, the tables are pushed out, reeds are strewn across the floor to give it kind of a, kind of a sweet smell. And as people come in, uh, food again is spread out on the tables, they sit down, they eat, they drink. There are songs that are sung. It's, it's a fun evening to get to be around this people of the plains. And it's a great way for you to begin to understand just who they are. Again, you hear maybe snatches of the song that you heard toward the end of the last episode. People who are giving you plenty of space because they're still kind of nervous about you or unsure of who you exactly are. But you do hear your names on other people's lips. And that is an odd sensation to hear Tira and Womberbash and Peter coming from other people's mouths. And every now and then you see appreciative glances in your direction. You're starting to make names for yourselves. Hmm. That could be a good thing and a bad thing. <laughs> and then, as the evening wears on, the sound begins to die down. People begin to drift out and back to their tents. And at last, you have the ability to nestle down into your skins in the alcove. I'm already nestled into my skin. And get some sleep. And then morning comes. With the sound of Widfara, as he comes into the hall, you hear his rumbling voice. Good morning, it's time to be up, time to be about. I have your horses out here, and what wondrous creatures they are. That's right. That's yeah, what they are. Tira jumps up, ready to go. I pack up my things, get everything together. Mm -hmm. Peter gets up, ready to go. During the night... Little leather bags have been put next to each of your alcoves, and in those are lots of food. Yes! So you have plenty of food to get you through three days of travel, and outside you can hear voices calling. There's the sound of a great crowd. I'm going to grab my stuff and just head out the door. I'm actually going to stop just short of the door and mm -hmm. like sort of peek my head out and look around as like trying to see my horse from a distance, because mm -hmm. I'm going to try to run uh -huh. directly to Bruce. 
As you peek your head out, Wamberbash, you're the first one to make an appearance, and the crowd suddenly erupts into tears. I'm, I take two steps back. You disappear into the... Bash, what are you doing? Get out there. There's here, a lot of people here. out okay. there. It's not too difficult. Watch me. I open the door and I just step outside. And he trips. And I see the people and I'm like, oh, buddy, why? Yeah. No, no, I, I was I was more... I was like Peter was making fun of him. It's, it's not difficult. It's a door. You open it. And, and then I come out and then I'm like, ah, oh, there's a lot of people looking at me. <laughs> Tara says, step aside. I'll go. And she just struts out there. All right. Yeah, you make your way down the stairs and the crowd parts all the way down the stairs. And there, surrounded by the crowd of Witani, are your horses. And lots of eager hands are there to help you up into the saddles. And you make your way through the crowd. As you move, Widfara is on an actual horse, of course. Mm-hmm. Asimri's kept hot mash with him. As the crowd parts... There are people cheering. Children are chasing each other through the crowds and trying to follow your horses as you go. (laughs) You do hear more snippets of the song. From the sun sails hope from on high. And without a sea, this water horse has led the light to bring to bold Beothmedu a way to wage new war. So this this chanting is going on all around you. And you see some people, Wamberbash, when you pass in particular, they just, for whatever reason, they seem very enthralled by you. This really seems to be a people after your own heart. But at the same time, I think my shoulders go up and my head goes down a little bit, and I kind of like look down at the saddle. Yeah, I can see you blushing furiously. And so you make your way. Uh, Widfara leads the way on his horse, and before too long, you're back into the marshland, so the, the ground is squelching under hoof, but he guides you on the right paths through all that, and then you're out into the open, into the grassy plains to the northwest of Stadingus. You climb a, a low hill, and once you get to the top, you pull up momentarily. Your horses stamp impatiently in the golden light of morning. Their hooves are thudding in the rich earth with hollow sounds as you gaze out for the first time over the sea of grass. The immensity of the sea washes over you mile upon mile of nodding grass, extending north and west with little undulations of the land mostly masked by waving gold-tipped grass. Were it not for the occasional sounds of your horses and creaking of Widfara's saddle, the silence of the place would almost be oppressive. As it is, between these welcome intrusions, you can hear yourself breathing. Even the breeze seems to be holding back expectantly. The world spreading out before you is mile upon mile of grass. And Widfara puts his heels into his horse and begins down the slope toward the sea. As we as we trot alongside of him or whatever, I say, how how far is it from here? Most people say it's about three days, but I think we could do it in less. Have you really tried your horses all that much? Come to think of it, no. Yeah, no. Let's see what they can do. And with that, he just says, Hey-ah! And the horse, which is this gigantic horse... It would have to be. ...takes off. The grass parts on either side of it. And I guess you all look at each <gasps> We're other. We're going down a hill, aren't we? Yeah. I'm going to sprout my, my gliding wings and just try them out. Yeah, sure thing. Wildfire begins charging down the hill, and then you open this little cover. Yeah. and then... Boink. Slap that easy button, 
Yeah. And the wings just unfurl from the sides. And before you know it, you're actually gliding maybe about five or 10 feet yeah. off the ground. Yeah. It's, it's a shallow, it's a, it's a gentle slope down. Yeah. But yeah, those wings just pop out. That's dope. And Tira goes, woo! <laughs> With that, Widfar glances over his shoulder and then does a double take. And he reins in his horse and just stops as you go soaring just, yes. just over his head. Yes. And just at that point, I flip my button uh-huh. thing and I hit my button and all you see is fire. Because remember, mine just jets yes, out real quick. Yes, I press my button and Peter, suff- no, Peter, <laughs> Peter suffers excruciating pain as he gets folded into the yeah, inner mechanisms of a yeah, horse. Folded into the transformer. Yes, the, the music swells and then Peter hits his button. And and you, just hear, you just hear it. <laughs> I, I do want to see how far and what, 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 is, the dis- what is the limit to before he has to recharge or... Yeah. Um, turbo boost on yeah. that thing. I'll say... A quarter mile. Okay. Uh, and then what's the recharge time, do you think? Let's say twice a day you can activate that feature. Okay. Uh, One-fourth mile distance-wise. Um, I'm wondering what I could do with it during a fight. Ah. Uh, something like that. We, we could take that as we get there, though. I yeah, guess. yeah. But if I just let it go, like, in yes. full blast, it'll, it'll, be, it'll, be a, yeah, it'll be a quarter <laughs> mile. Actually, you... <laughs> Nerd. I know. Tether her horse up to yours, and you take off, and it's like a kite. <laughs> She's like, so, so you're like up off yeah, the like, paragliding like, or whatever. Actually, that's pretty cool because depending on how lit link, which is we we can get about 150 with our with our tied ropes together, you could parasail way mm-hmm. up high and be able to see distant long distances and stuff. That's an awesome idea. You're welcome. I know. I get some experience. I, get, I was going to say, I get an inspiration point for causing you to think about that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, as you go zipping right over his head, it's just, it's very much a top gun kind yes. of scene. Uh, you can hear him laughing behind you. You hear just this incredulous, but just completely deliriously happy with what he is seeing. And I am just trotting along. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming with you. <laughs> Your time will come. Yeah, don't worry. Yeah. All right. Uh, so the day passes quickly. You take a moderate pace after you're done testing your horses for a bit. The planes just keep on going. There's no visible elevation in the distance at all. It's just flat land. And it's very easy for you to understand why the Marchioness insisted, because you would be very easily lost going in circles here Yeah. if he were not with you. Every now and then he does stop to take a a quick glance at something and then a slight course correction. But other than that, it's fairly straight line distance. Every now and then you see maybe the occasional distant settlement or maybe like a single house or somebody out here just kind of living away from everything, but still somewhat close enough that they could get to safety if the need arose. Are they Watani or? They appear to be Watani. So they're not really affiliated with a tribe they're on off there on their own yeah maybe they're farmers or just like being out by themselves but just occasional settlements and they're always distant enough that you don't really see anybody you just see the buildings you come to the end of the first day and settle down for a camp in what amounts to a hollow here Uh, just a little dip in the ground that gives you just enough relief from the breezes that blow through and it does cool down considerably at night but that 
soothing rustle of grass is all around you. And you all kind of roll around to get the grass matted down where you are. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's good. And it's just a, a camp. Nice and evening. And saved a lot of fire. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, you have to clear out the grass. No, but I was more thinking, like, do we need to worry about being seen from a distance or whatever? Nah. Yeah. Do, we, do, we, do we hear coyotes, wolves, or any, is there any, any predator creatures here? Why don't you roll a perception check for me since you're being actively perceptive? Warm it up, Chris. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's a 19. Maybe. Actually, oh, actually, I, I have a, a perceptions colored in. Okay, yeah, you're fine. Very far off in the distance, you hear a faint howl, but nothing that seems close or at all. And, and of course, you would hear things creeping up on you in this grass. It's dense enough that pretty much anything that moves, maybe there's a rabbit nearby, that kind of thing mm. that you hear hopping around. But Rabbit, you say? <laughs> but you have a whole bag of food. I can still grab a coney here and there. <laughs> <laughs> So you all settle down. Widfara says he'll be happy to stay up for a bit and watch the fire. I'll take the next watch. And when you awaken in the morning, it's to a dismal day. Yes. Like just rainy, misty type deal? Rain coming down. You first become aware of it when water is dripping on your face. And as you pull your blanket aside, it just comes down. It goes down your collar. and it's, It is just a... An unpleasant start to a day. Where did this come from? It's not uncommon out here for rain to sweep through every now and then. We'll see how long it lasts. I mean, should we try and ride through it, or...? I think we'll be all right. Not dousing the fire, I guess. Besides, I like being out here in this rain. It's my kind of day. Uh-huh. Oh, I see. So it's you. Yes. <laughs> And so, uh, yeah, you just get up onto your horses. Right. You see little orangey patches on your horses. Oh, no! From where rust is starting to form. Already? Yikes. Well, they haven't been cleaned at all in the time you've had them. Uh. But the rain is not helping. You just make your way. You break your camp, and the horses begin squishing their way along. And it's another full day of this. Uh, you are slowed a little bit. And at that, Widfara maybe grumbles a little bit. Hmm. And you make your way to a, another campsite that evening, settle down, and this is not quite as joyous an occasion. Maybe put together some of your blankets to form a rude tent mm -hmm. above you mm -hmm. and have the water try and run off downhill. I created a rudimentary lathe. <laughs> <laughs> Guy. Create and destroy water. Well, that clears it out for a moment. I, I don't have that spell anyway. <laughs> And the next morning, it's still the same thing. Same weather, same gray, rainy sky. And you make your way to the top of a rise where there's a pile of rocks. And Widfara says, this is where I leave you. Look there. Spreading before you is a sight you have yet to know is welcoming or not. Although any place with a bit of roof and a warm fire is bound to be better than this. From where you stand, the downward slope from this elevated place leads across an open, grassy plain. In the distance, on a hill that has large sections of white rock showing through its upper slopes, is a city. 
Atop the steepest part at the north end of the hill is a large hall that looks much like Beochtmedu. Smoke rises from numerous chimneys. The ashy gray columns are swallowed up in the low clouds. The city looks black in the somber half-light of the rain, but a few pricks of reddish-yellow light show signs of relief from the unrelenting wetness. The last thing of interest is that about halfway across the expanse, which is about five miles, a large figure has been carved out of the turf. Apparently not far below the dirt under your horse's hooves is a sheet of chalk, and so land has been stripped away from that to form a pattern on the ground. And gleaming wetly below is a side view of the large image of a stylized boar running to the north. Its bristly back is toward the city, its sharp hooves toward you. They have taken the boar as their sign, says Widfara. I like boar. His teeth gleam through his beard, which he squeezes to get some of the water out of it. I have an idea. Let's hear it. I think if we get a little, uh, I'm, I'm sure there's probably a watch watching the encampment. I'm not really sure um, how far they can see in, but maybe... Maybe I should um, transform into a boar and come into the into the city that way, and then once I get into the city, I I transform back. And how I, do you know and, they're not going to harpoon you and cook you on a spit before well, you do that? Well, I mean, I I think I'm going to be quite large, so I'm hoping they'll yeah, and they'll be like dinner. <laughs> How's about well, this? You lead us into the city, and they'll take it as some kind of divine sign. <gasps> Something like that. I, th- I think I think we need to come in and make an impression. That'll and then, do it. And then what we'll do is, after I transform back, we'll ask permission to speak with Duncy and 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 ask permission to to speak. Just to be clear, your ability doesn't actually turn you into a boar, right? Yeah, it's it's not going to be a literal boar. I'm just going to look freakish. Like I'm not going to look like an actual boar. I'm going to take on traits of a boar, kind of like a were boar, kind of yeah, half yeah, man, exactly, half boar. Okay, exactly. Were-boar. And I'll sound like one. It'll be like a, you know, I thought you go crazy junk. And then actually, uh, you'll you'll be you with a curly tail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> Dudley, Oof. ouch. Um, but uh, I've been dying to turn. This is off. This is metal. This is, yeah, this is metal. I'm not. I've been bi- dying to turn back into one since I did the first yeah. time. Yeah, and that was way back in Arden, Ooh, wasn't yeah. it? Way yeah. back in yeah. the yeah when we were yeah. fighting off the marauders. Back in the old days. Is, that, I, what, is it, that what you want to do? Then? Yeah, yeah. I, I'd like to do that once we get a little closer. That's five miles. I don't think I should do it now. Right. Um, but uh, five miles. It should take us. Maybe about a, a, a two hours, I think, if we just had a light trot there. Maybe about an hour and a half since we're on, on horses, but we could stop. To go early. five miles? Yeah. I can walk a mile in about 15 minutes. Yeah, and we're on horses, yeah. so. Okay, okay, so maybe about an hour. Yeah, less than that. Okay. Yeah. All right, so once we, once we get somewhat close, I'll, I'll jump off of Bruce and. I this could work. Okay, that sounds like a plan. Why don't you take inspiration for that? And you set off down the hill, and that's where we're going to end this episode. Oh, come on! <laughs> we're going to see the boar transformation! <laughs> okay, well, uh, yeah, let's, let's do that. Okay. Let's do that. Okay. And then we can leave everybody hanging as yes. to how they are going to react to it. That's right. There you go. That's it. That's the cliffhanger right there. You push off down the hill. Widfara waves goodbye. Is he waiting there for us? He is. Okay. He's waiting by the pile of stones. Oh, so can't. he's going to stay there. Yeah. Okay. Good luck to you. Thank you for getting us this far. Thank you. Thank you. I'll see you soon. Yes, you will. I hope. Hey. (laughs) 
Hertha willing. And you make your way down. The horses are a little careful making their way down the slope now that it's all slick. wet and slick. Exactly. You make it down to the lower part where the plane begins again. The hill now looms over you in the distance, so it's, it's obvious that it's quite tall. Although they're machines, they seem to be attuned to your own hopes for shelter, because their ears begin to perk up, their heads begin to lift a little higher. Their steps pick up, striking the soft, wet earth with greater intensity. Their time around horses seem to have taught them some things. And you make it to, let's say, how, where did you want to activate this? Probably about a half a mile out. I think I should jump off Bruce, and uh, I was going to do something that was kind of cinematic. Okay, let's do it. Describe it. Okay, so when we get to the, about the half... Make it a mile. Okay, uh, when we get to a mile, a mile in, I, I turn and look at you guys like, you guys keep going, I'll catch up. And But basically what I do is I jump off of Bruce, and I go to the ground and kind of roll, and I just look up with my arms, above, my chest puffed out, my arms back, and I, whatever I do when I expel psi points, mm-hmm. uh, which I'll do that in a second, which will be... Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to yeah. say that, but I thought it would be too risky. <laughs> Let's see. It's going to be um, wow. Okay, yeah. In order to in order to get all the traits that I want to get, it's going to be um, five side points. Great. Dig in. All right. So five side points. So um, I I yell like ah because it's starting to hurt, and mm-hmm. then I'll, I'll I'll then like double over like then, and all of a sudden my spine just starts popping and cracking, and my spine starts to grow. Um, I don't really get a lot bigger, but I am just a little bit, just slightly little bit bigger. My hair starts to grow. Uh, my yeah. two bottom teeth start to grow out into tusks, and my eyes sort of like turn a little bit more like like John, like a little bit more yellow. Mm-hmm. And um, my my hands sort of like turn into like my my two my f- two fingers uh, sort of kind of grow together, and my my back um, thumb goes out into like a. Like a trotter. A, yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. then um, I just, and all of a sudden, I just. And the next thing you know, I just start taking off and I start running to catch up with them. And I'm just going to continue on past them, I think, because uh, they're sort of trotting. And I'm just going to go full, full on bore. Great. You don't need any sound effects. <laughs> yeah. Tira and Peter, you're making your way across this open land. And as you get to the where the giant boar is peeled out of the ground, your horse's hooves, when they strike, they're just sending up sprays of chalky white water. And it's at that point that you become quickly aware that you're not alone. First of all, there's the sound of tearing footsteps from behind you as Womberbash comes squealing through, and he streaks right past you. But then, Tira, to your left, you realize there's a thin line of horsemen that are following you at about maybe a hundred feet. Peter, to your right, the same thing. Rats. There's a semicircle of horsemen that are basically pacing you that have come out of the curtains of rain. And that's where we're going to end this episode. Mm, okay. Fight. No, I don't, we don't want to fight. Yeah, we're trying uh, to convince I want to fight. Let there be blood. No, blood, blood, the- blood. Uh, let's go with experience points. You have discovered the city of Dunsey. That's not the city's name. But the city where he lives. Yes. And through your travel, Widfara has told you that its name is, I'll give you the Witani name and then the rough, very rough Edeline translation. The name of the city is Hyrdanklud, H-Y-R-D-A-N-C-L-U-D. 
And then the Edeline is White Hill. Herdenklud. Herdenklud? Herdenklud. Klud. Herdenklud. All right, how much experience are we get for that? Yes, you get one for discovering the location. Uh, I think I'll give you one for discovering the Sea of Grass. Nice. We're the first ones to find it ever. I wanted to uh, to work in kind of a what Illinois must have been like mm-hmm. when people Before, first started. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I was going to ask if there was any buffalo-esque type creatures that we saw on the plane. Not that you saw. Okay. Not that you saw. Perhaps Widfara told you that there are herds that move around out there, but you didn't see any. Uh, let's go ahead and talk ex- uh, Norse battle. Well, do we get any experience points for finally actually like trying out our horse's extra features? Yeah, why don't you take uh, two each for that? Wow, nice. So you uh, got to fly. It felt great, it by did. the way. It <laughs> did. And that's an excellent uh, idea about the whole paragliding yeah. or whatever thing. That could be fun. Put a pin in that one, but remember that later. And I did like your conversation as you were trying to plan what to do. There was some good thought that went into that. So why don't you take another two for that, for trying to prepare yourselves for a trip where you don't quite know what to expect at the other end. Peter's quite a ways into level eight. Yeah, we're, uh, well, let's get that recap then. Let's hear it. All right. Uh, well, Tira is six whole points into level eight. Wamberbash is 12 points into level eight. Peter Gerhawk is 23 points into level eight. Yeah, he's going to, he's going to. All right. All right. You guys going to give me some time to shine or something coming up here or nominate me for a bunch of crud because otherwise <laughs> I'm going to be so far behind. You're only, what are you? Six. Six, six behind six. you. I'm just 12. Yeah. Peter's like a quarter of the way there. Yeah. He is. But he did level up like two whole games before we did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Again, more development of the world, and now you are actually pushing toward the next big thing. You are trying to form an army to fight against the Reaver, and this is the first step. So congratulations. That's big stuff. And let's see what happens next time as we meet again right here at Stack of Dice. Tira is very dedicated to defending the group, and um, and so she got a little bit of mama, mama bear in her. See, I can't say that. Just, I have, I have the MMB. Ma, 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 I, uh, Sound fine to me. I had to, I had to repeat it though. Do it six times. <laughs> mama bear, mama bear, mama bear, mama bear, mama bear. Can't even say it once. Um, mama bear. Mama, yeah, I, it ends up just being mama bear. There's a bit of mama. See, I can't say it. <laughs> Here, I'll say it. This 